Happy Friday and welcome to Kingdom Testimonies. Um, my name is Lisa. I am doing my testimony right now because what kind of a podcast would this be if I didn't give my testimony? I've got nothing to hide. i got to shut the curtains and get the sun off the computer here. And... Um, I am changing names as I go to protect those who don't want to be talked about. Okay. So I left off on Wednesday, and I'm probably going to make these a little shorter. I realize people have things to do. It'll take me longer to get through it, but I don't know. We have nothing but time, right? Um... So I left off where I had sworn off dating. I wasn't going to date anymore. You know, like, right, you're 20 years old. Nope, never going to date again. Sure. So I, but I did decide that I was just going to take a really big break. I I was just, that was it. Um, Wasn't meeting anybody decent or anybody I felt the Lord wanted for me. And... Oops, sorry. And so when I swore off dating, I remember sitting at the kitchen table. My mom and dad would go to the lake on weekends. And um, by this time, you know, we were living at home. We didn't have to go. Their only rule was don't have a party at the house, you know. And we tried to follow that rule. But um, so I remember I had gone to a party the night before at someone's house not their parents house but a couple of guys who um, were renting part of a house together and this one guy was hitting on me he used to date my other sister and I knew my other sister wasn't happy about it and you know and I was just like oh okay I'm done I am done so it was a Saturday morning And I'm just sitting at the kitchen table by myself, and I'm praying. And I said, Lord, you know what? If you can't bring me somebody, I mean, if you you want me to ever date or marry anybody or anything like that, then you're just going to have to provide that person because I'm done looking. You know, and I wasn't born again at the time, but I was a praying, believing Christian. I thought I was a Christian. That's what Christians do. They go to Mass and they pray and they believe and and that is what some Christians do. Christian is according to the heart. It's not according to anything on the outward that we can judge. So anyway, um, I had gone to the bar at the lake with my friend Liz and I mentioned this on Wednesday, we had met a guy, or I had met a guy, but I knew he was better suited for my sister. So I set them two up, and they were, um, they hit it off. So then not too long after that, I was at home. It was a weekend, mom and dad were gone. And once again, I'm sitting in the kitchen, and... Vanny 
said, hey, Matt and that friend of his are coming over. Matt had told Vanny, I have a friend that is would be perfect for Lisa. And I was like, oh, I don't even want, I'm not, I'm not going to fix my hair. I'm not going to put on something nice. You know, I'm just kind of done with all of this, you know? She's like, well, they're coming over and they're going to be here in a little while. I was like, okay. So I was sitting at the kitchen table and, you know, I mean, I didn't have like bedhead. I, I didn't look like ugly and makeup all running all over my face and whatever. But I was just like, okay, whatever. Someone's coming over to say hi. So then Matt comes in and behind him comes his friend Gary. And I was like, oh, well, he's cute, you know. And then, you know, they Matt and Vanny were standing in the living room right next to the kitchen just kind of talking, and Gary was just kind of standing there looking like he didn't know what to do. And so I don't know where Matt and Vanny went, but they kind of left Gary standing there, so he came into the kitchen and sat down where I was at. Um kind of across the table we had a small kitchen table and you know we just started making small talk and I was like yeah you know and I you know I was looking at him like he's he's cute he's actually cute and he, he seems like a nice guy and he said a few remarks that were funny and I was like yeah he's pretty cute you know well, then they all left and went somewhere. I think they asked me if I wanted to go, and I was like, no, I'm just, I'm not up to it. I'm not dressed, whatever, for leaving the house. And then later, Vanessa, uh, my sister Vanny, she said, she, she called me at work, and she said, Matt and Gary want me and you to go to a drive-in movie. That was when the drive-in movies, they had the big theater out in the country. And you'd park in your car and you'd put a speaker in your, hang it over your window. And and I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that, you know. So that was our first date. And me and him hit it off. Okay, now I'll start reading. After only a few months, Gary was getting ready to ask me to marry him. But after after never having a good boyfriend and not knowing what one was, I was hesitant. I asked my dad what he thought. My dad's still not much of a talker, but very wise, and I respected his opinion. He said, Gary's a hard worker, and he loves you. What more do you want? I thought, yeah, Dad, you're right. And my mom and dad really liked Gary. So, fast forward about six months later, um... Mom and Dad go to the lake on, lakes on the weekend, and I spend the weekends at Gary's place in a little town about, well, it was about 15 miles away. I end up pregnant with our first son. But I knew this was to, it felt like it was to pressure me to get married, so I broke up with him because I wanted to sort things out. So I had the baby while I was living at home and uh, my sister Vanny, she kept in touch 
with him through Matt, you know, and she said, you just really should talk to him. And I, and I said, you know what, I, I just can't get over this feeling that, you know, it was so that we could get married, you know, kind of just still felt pressured. So I had Dylan, my oldest son, and we moved out into a low-income housing next door to my other sister who was living there with her two little kids. Um, Mom, very strict Catholic, was upset because all of her daughters now had gotten pregnant before they got married. Well, of course, the Catholic religion teaches abstinence, but they don't include the power of God to go with it. So that's what happened. It was the early 80s by the time I got there, and things from the 60s and 70s, make love, not war, were only worse. Nothing had changed. Living next to my other sister, Andy, was fun. Neither one of us was born again then, and we were both seeing guys. Since Dylan was only a year old, I didn't, year old, I didn't have any guys spend the night, but I did hang out with some, and I dated two, but not seriously. She didn't either. We'd watch each other's kids if we needed time away from them, but we weren't the type to invite guys over. She had one boyfriend, Dave, and he would get kind of loud with her. I mean, I could hear him through the wall yelling at her. I got a glass, got into the closet upstairs, because these were uh, twin homes, and I put my ear to the bottom to try and hear what he was saying. I couldn't hear anything but he was really hollering at her. As I debated going next door to borrow a cup of sugar, I heard him lead, leave and loudly speed off. I was expecting her to have a black eye or something, but she didn't. I told her, Andy, you've got to get rid of that guy. She said, I know, I will. When Dylan was about two months old, I started having hopeless feelings. I wouldn't say I was depressed, I never said I was depressed. Mom was the one who was always saying she was depressed, although I didn't think she acted like it. I think since the older siblings were so hard that when her psychiatrist put her on Xanax and lorazepam, she just wanted to stay on them. So she continued going to the psychiatrist so she could stay on her meds. In those days, there wasn't such a thing as prescription addiction. If you needed them, you needed them. Prescription addiction existed. It just wasn't a thing. So I was really down and I didn't want to go to the doctor for it. To me, that was stupid. I don't feel that way now, but I did then. I learned how to pray from when I was little and I did a lot of that still. I was a single mother with a small baby and had no direction in life. Sounds cliche, yes. I put Dylan in his $5 stroller and walked him around our low-income neighborhood praying. It was a good neighborhood. If anyone was doing drugs, they kept it inside. But I'd remember the only things I knew about the Bible that the nuns or priests taught us, and all I could think of was faith, hope, and love. Faith I had, hope I think I had a little, but love I didn't have. I had love for Dylan, but I didn't have love from anyone else. Faith, hope, and love. I'd think it over and over as I walked the sidewalks in our neighborhood. Repeating those words didn't change anything, however. One Sunday, I decided not to go to Mass, but to stay home and watch what other Sunday morning religious nuts were doing on the TV. I settled on Jimmy Swaggart. My only other choice was Jim Baker, but Tammy's hair and makeup were just a bit too much. Mr. Swaggart was talking about being born again. 
I didn't know what that entailed coming from a Catholic background. Andy had been talking to Leah, my other sister, about it lately, and it was a really foreign concept to me. Leah had become born again recently and said me and Andy needed to be. I listened to Swagger talk about it, and he made it sound like a good thing. So when he said to put my hand on the TV screen and pray with him, I did it. I didn't feel any different, but somehow I knew life was going to change. Soon I realized the guys I'd been dating weren't any better than Gary, and remembering the positive things my dad said about him, I went along with his flirtations when he would come to pick Dylan up for his visits. Soon we were back together, engaged, and planning our wedding when Dylan was two years old. We got married and honeymooned in the Bahamas. When we got back, we started looking for a house out in the country to buy. We had moved into a cheap basement apartment in Fargo to save up for a house down payment. We found a really cool old house out in the country between the town that I grew up in and the town where he grew up in, where his parents were. It was an abandoned old farmhouse, but was structurally very sound. I soon was pregnant with our second son, Ryan, and the apartment was close to the hospital, which was a good thing because he came with very little notice. Earlier that day, after I got off work, Gary and I had run out to the old farmhouse we were buying. It was February and very cold. I have that wrong. It was late January. Bear with me while I change that. Of course, I know when my son was born. It was late January and very cold. On the way home, we stopped at my mom's, my mom and dad's, to say hi. And mom looked at me and said, how are you feeling? I told her, good, why? She said, because you look like you've dropped. You always carried that baby low, which means to me it's a boy. Me and Gary had chosen not to do an ultrasound. But I wouldn't doubt it if you didn't have that kid tonight. I was three days past my due date, which was the same uh, as Dylan. I went three days over with Dylan, but I felt fine. Later that night, wide awake, I was watching David Letterman in the living room when Gary had, while Gary had gone to bed. Something they said made me laugh really hard, and oop, I felt a labor pain. I sat there and waited. Another one. I stood up and slowly made my way down the hall to wake Gary up. He sat up, what, what, still half asleep. I told him we might have to go to the hospital because my labor was very intense. He tried to put his pants on half asleep and was bouncing off the walls. I was laughing so hard it made my labor all the harder. That's when my water broke. We made it to the hospital, and when we got there, they called our doctor, and he barely made it in time. It was a boy. Mom was right. Ryan received, received a name in the morning because we hadn't really thought of one we both liked. Gary had come from a troubled family. His mom and dad owned a bar in a mobile home park in a small town. The bar served up really good food, and my mother-in-law was a great cook. The mobile home park was nicely done and had respectable people in it, mostly. The town was on a major highway, so they kept the exteriors of each place they owned, each business they owned, across the highway from each other very nice. Uh, Gary's dad, however, drank a lot. He was funny and nice when he was sober, but if he was drinking beer, and he was quite, quite mellow drinking beer, uh, sometimes just a little inappropriate, but get out the whiskey, and he was mean. Um, after closing the bar, 
Gary's mom several times. Um, she would not want to stay at home. Um, we lived about, um, but she would come back when he was sober. We lived about eight miles from the small town his parents lived in and about eight miles from the city where my family lived, where I grew up. Gary's siblings, an older brother and an older sister, each moved to one to California, one to Montana, while we were still in Minnesota. We became everything besides the bar to his parents, so we saw a lot of them. Our old farmhouse needed a lot of work. No one had lived in it for years. The furnace had to be replaced. The siding was not great. No air conditioning, of course. In those days, few people had air conditioning in Minnesota. Only the rich people had central AC. The property itself was near a fairly large creek. Um, I guess you would call it a small river. This was a river that I had camped at with mom and dad a lot when I was a kid. So it was all familiar to both of us. We had fun fixing up the house. When we bought it, I was nine months pregnant with Ryan, and after we closed on it, we moved in with Ryan and Dylan. There were three bedrooms upstairs, plus a bathroom. It was a big house with a big upstairs. The staircase was the center point of the living room, oak and very nicely done. The bathroom was at the top of the stairs, Dylan's room to the left and Ryan's nursery to the right, a little way into the hall, and our bedroom at the end of the banister and hall. We had our dog Poochie, who was a mix, but a really good dog. At the bottom of the staircase was the living room, all set in a square. Then the dining room with the front door between them, the kitchen had the back door, and the fourth bedroom was in the back. It was a roundabout house, which meant you could go in circles around the main floor. The basement was deep and open. It had a coal room from when, in the 20s, when it was built, you could store your coal for the furnace. We cleaned it up, and Gary turned it into a sauna. For fun, we acquired a cow with three hoofs. One had been frozen off. I named him Barbecue. Then we got 21 exotic chickens that had defects, so we got them for free. Then we got two sheep, a black male and a white female. The white one gave us a baby lamb, which Barbecue slept on one cold wintry night and suffocated it, so that was sad. Mom's sheep was never the same after that, and she was fully grown, so we had her processed for meat. Then the black one got mean, really mean. Ryan was a baby, and I had to take him in for a checkup, and that black sheep blocked the back door and threatened to butt me when I was leaving. The front door was even further from the car, so I called Gary and asked him, what do I do? He said, there is a steel rod by the back door. Just bonk him on the nose, and he'll move. So I had Ryan bundled up in his car seat just inside the back door. I went out in the steps, and the black sheep ran up to me again like he was going to butt me. So I bonked him on the nose, and then he really charged me. I called Gary and said, where are your bullets? Gary laughed. No, don't shoot him. Just holler at him, and he'll go back to his pen. I don't know how he got out in the first place, but eventually he went back, and I was able to leave. That weekend, we butchered him as well. Our dog Poochie was no help with all this. He was somewhat a chicken himself, so he mainly watched from behind me. Gary did all the work on the house. I helped some, but soon we were pregnant again and had our third child, a daughter, Chelsea. Life in those days was great. We were good friends with our closest neighbors, Robert and Shelley, and their kids played with our kids. Even though they lived a quarter of a mile away, we saw them regularly. They were like family. 
Gary had a good job as a foreman, and I was working as a bank as at a bank as a teller supervisor. Our pay was okay. As everyone else, we were making it from paycheck to paycheck. Life was busy, spending time with Gary's folks either at the bar or going to barbecues at their house. Gary's mom was well-liked in the community. His dad was too. They were a package deal, co-owners and all. They hosted many get-togethers. I didn't like going to them all that much. Besides being a shit, uh, besides being a bit shy in those days, <clears throat> there was always the neighborhood gossips. At one barbecue, one of the neighborhood gossips walked up to me from behind, walked up to us from behind and said, Hi, Gary and Denise. Oh, oops, you look so much like Denise from the back. Sorry. Uh, she knew Gary and Denise divorced years ago. Gary had gotten married really young to her when she left him for his friend. They divorced only after, I think, two years. But some people can't get over the past. One morning when me and Gary were laying in bed, the phone rang. It was Denise's mother. She said that Denise had been killed. I won't go into all of that. Um, and there you go. Christmas of 1992, our well went out at the house. We had septic and well. We were, we were out in the country eight miles, like I said. I had planned to have everyone out there like we usually did, but with no water, I couldn't make it work. My niece worked at a casino daycare, and everyone came home um, from the Minneapolis area to spend time with family. Her daycare had had scabies going through there, so everybody got scabies. We had no well. The doctor said we had to wash everything, pillows, blankets, clothes, coats, everything. But I had no water. I called Shelly, my neighbor, and she offered me for me to do all the laundry over there. But my mom called and said, no, spend Christmas here, do all of your laundry here, and wait for the part for your well to come in. Mom wasn't worried about scabies breaking out there, although it did in a mild case. Robert and Shelly felt very bad for us. Robert, always trying to lighten the mood and successful at it, put up a sign in our yard no well, no well. It was funny and it helped. So no well, N-O-E-L for Christmas and then no well, N-O-W-E-L-L. Very, it was, it was funny. Um, okay, so here um, I'm going to get into more of um, mom and dad getting older um let me see some things i can skip but yeah i think we do want to go into this part with mom and dad so all right and the reason i'm skipping some things is because i'm not quite sure how to write it so that I don't want to offend anybody. I am not, I don't hold any grudges. I'm not at odds, <clears throat> excuse me, with anybody. Um, and I could just change the names, but it's going to be pretty obvious. If this ever does become a book, it'll probably be when I'm in my 80s and I won't care and most of these people will be dead. 
so I will put all of it in there. Um, not like it's going to be a bestseller and get around or anything, but um, for now I'm going to leave out things that are kind of like embarrassing. What kind of bird is that? Uh, so we're going to stop there. Um, and where are we at? 25 minutes. That's good enough. We don't need to go any, any longer than that. So I'm going to leave it there. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll get more into it. it. Things will move along a little bit, um, a little bit faster after this point. So I'm going to bid you all adieu. And I pray you have a blessed day.